this morning gathered around God's Word. We're here every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time gathered around God's Word here on the Cross Time with Pastor Curtis broadcast. So grab your Bibles, maybe a pencil, maybe some paper. Let's get ready to dig into the Word of God today here in 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll begin in verse 7 this morning, but before we do, let me remind everyone of our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Uh, we broadcast there live, we stream there live every Sunday morning and Wednesday evening, uh, And but the sessions during the week, Monday, Monday morning, Thursday morning, and Friday morning, we upload later to the YouTube channel, but you can always watch live on the, Kurt, um, I'm sorry, you can always watch live on the Crossway Church of Queen City, Texas Facebook page, and then during the week we upload these sessions later after the broadcast at some point uh, to the YouTube channel. So you can find that and, 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 and just be blessed as you go with us verse by verse through the Bible in the context in which it was written, which is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can all be of the same mind, of the same spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Uh, you know, before we dig in this morning, just let me say this. There's a uh, big dilemma in the church today about people who are uh, just saying a lot of things and accusing uh, accusations everywhere, and uh, you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, just make sure you're with those who are using Scripture, using Scripture in the context of the one who said the Scriptures were written in the volume of who he is, that he is the light, he is the word, and he is the lamb. And the light only comes from the word, from Christ as the lamb. That's it. Make sure that you don't fall prey to these comments such as, you know, they, you know, those people just think they have to preach the cross all the time. What they don't know they're saying is that they're really saying, I don't really want all the focus to be on the lamb. I want some of it to be on me. So be very careful with it. That is what they're saying. That is what God is hearing. Because when you're all about the cross, that means you're all about the lamb. And uh, you just you, there's no end to what the excuses the carnal flesh will throw out as to why we really don't need to have the conversation of the cross all the time. But it is what holds the Bible together. Without it, without your faith in the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to impart anything into your life. He couldn't even move in himself until you trusted in the death of Jesus. Don't, don't forget these things. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3 today. Uh, we'll begin in verse 7, as I said, but remembering what we've talked about the last two or three sessions was the wives having a lost husband or a backslidden husband and what it would take if the Lord would use them. Now, God has other people in other ways, but if the Lord is going to use the wife, then it's going to be him using and trying to 
express the hidden man of the heart. I, I want you to understand that, the hidden, the hidden man of the heart. So if it's not the hidden man of the heart being expressed, uh, then it would only, it could, the only other thing it could be would be the outer expression of the way she looked or something carnal and fleshly. And for her, that would be feminine. That would be a woman. So he's a man. So, he, you know, the Lord can only use the hidden man of the heart. We need to understand that. That's very powerful. That is a teaching in and of itself altogether. Maybe the Lord will let us touch on it some more today as we move through this. But today in verse 7, the Lord changes the topic to the husbands. And he doesn't give near as much attention here to the husbands as he did the wives. But look at this in verse 7. He says, likewise, like that, you husband, like what? Like that hidden man of the heart. Likewise, you husbands, the topic here is not husbands trying to win their wives. It's the way the husbands carry themselves as the example of Christ in the family, as the husband, as the father in the family. So watch this now. It's going to be very good today. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to to knowledge, and that means with understanding, with understanding. And we'll see what the Lord here is talking about. you got to understand. We're going to see something today that you have to understand. If you don't, your marriage is not going to be in order. It's never going to be the way it should be. And right about right now is when the devil whispers and says, well, nobody's marriage is perfect. Well, we understand that. There's nothing perfect on the planet except Jesus and what he's doing. But we are, are we not, to be found striving for that which is perfect. Have we not been told by our Lord, be perfect? Yes, we have. It's in the Bible. Hallelujah. So uh, all our excuses and all our carnal fleshly screams and excuses as to really, we think it's the excuses and reasonings we give as to why we're not perfect, but it's reasonings and excuses as to why we're not striving in Christ for his perfection to be seen in our lives. Don't be duped and seduced by the devil. Don't be duped and seduced by the devil which can only use your carnal flesh to seduce you. I want you to understand that. The devil can only use our carnal lusts and affections of the lust to seduce us. Nobody's ever tied a rope around my neck and drugged me off out into false doctrine. Nobody's ever tied a rope around my neck and drugged me off into a mixture, into leaven. I'll walk right in it with my own carnal, selfish, lustful desires of my own flesh. Amen. Think about that. So watch now. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, with understanding is what that means. Watch. Here's how you know you are or you're not. Giving honor unto the wife. Now, and, and, and listen, 
Don't start making stuff up right here now. We, we can't start making stuff up in what it means to honor our wives when we have the Bible here defining for us what it means to honor our wives. It doesn't say is this or is that or is this. Or that. It says to honor our wives that we can't do if we're not walking in understanding of God's word our own self. Get that? If I'm not walking in the understanding of the precepts of God, the way of God, which is my faith in the sacrifice of Christ, or I'm not going to experience anything. I can read it and want it and know I should have it, know I should be walking in it, know I should be, but if I don't know how, then all the what I should be doing that I'm reading, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I might feel every once in a while like I did good today, but then tomorrow comes and I'm worse off than I've ever been. It's because the church today doesn't know how to live for God. They do not know how. 90% or higher of all preachers in pulpits, all book writers, all popular known authors of commentaries and, and books, spiritually speaking, do not know how to live for God. They all book, their books are full of what you do if you're living for God. But rare, rare, it's out there, but rare it is will you ever find. Rare, it's so rare will you find any author telling you how to live. How will I do, how will I dwell with my wife according to knowledge and in understanding how will I how will I be able to honor her as the weaker vessel how and if we don't understand the how is the cross what to do is what Christ had to do how he did what he did was by dying on that cross and all that's written in this book, just like he lived by every word he received of the Father, which was really all based on the Scriptures. They told where he would be born. They told what he would do. They told that he would open blinded eyes and make the lame to walk. The Scriptures told all about him, and he fulfilled them. He carried the Scriptures out as he listened <coughs> to his heavenly Father by the Spirit. So stay with me now. How? I know I should love my wife. I know I should treat my wife right. I know, but how? How? Without my knowledge of the way the Holy Spirit works, which is exclusively, never ever outside of, exclusively within the perimeters of my faith in the sacrifice of Christ, I'm functioning in the carnal flesh and it's not the, the hidden inner man who's able to be expressed. I want you to think about this today. The hidden inner man of the heart that we just read about here in this chapter, verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. That's the new man. I want you to hear me now. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, the new man, this hidden man of the heart 
was created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what our Bibles tell us. That's why when God saved us, he freed us from our sin, Romans 6, 17, and 18, and we became, we were made servants of righteousness. That's the, new, that's the inner man. The outer man, he, he can't do it. The outer man can't serve God. It takes this hidden man of the heart who was created in righteousness and true holiness to be able to bear the fruit. The carnal flesh of man cannot do it. I can think I need to do this, know I need to do this, and want to do this for whatever reasoning I might have, but if it's not the hidden man of the heart who can only be expressed when the flesh is denied and the spirit is able to guide me and deliver me unto the death of Christ so that I might express his life. Get this now. The hidden inner man was created in righteousness is the only part of you that can express righteousness. And the only way that ever happens, ever, it's an impossibility for him, the hidden inner man, to be expressed while I'm trusting in anything other than the sacrifice of Christ, which is what created him. I want you to hear me. This is how important it is to talk about the cross, the lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, his work there, all times, without end. No matter what topic we're talking about, such as husbands dwelling with their wives according to knowledge, that knowledge, and we'll prove it in the scriptures, that knowledge, that understanding, it's the only way we'll properly be able to give honor to the wives as the weaker vessels. This big feminine movement or whatever it is, my goodness, the United States has taken and just thrown the Bible out. I mean, you got people who are pointing women as, as leaders and heads over men. It's unscriptural. It's unscriptural. And you, you've got families that are just ripped apart, torn down, and most times don't even last because the women, the, the wife is allowed to lead for a certain period of time because he's getting something he wants, whatever, however, whenever, however that all works out. But he gets sick of it after a while and says, okay, I've had enough. You can go rule somebody, some other man. I'm going to get me another one. And then he just finds another woman and lets her rule over him as well too. But then you've got the other way around. You've got men that are married and they dominate and their wives in such an unscriptural way treating them. They get some wife who is timid and sweet and, and loves the Lord and they don't treat them like they should. And there's a lot of Christian husbands who don't treat their wives like they ought to be treated. And here the Bible tells us how. Let's read it and see what the Lord says today. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, dwell with them according to knowledge. That means with understanding. Giving honor unto the wife. How? How will I honor her? As the weaker vessel. I'm the example. She's the weaker vessel. This is talking about in the natural now because she is the, the weaker vessel. But notice, and 
as being heirs together of the grace of life. Men can't lord their salvation over their wives like they have something greater than they do when it comes to the grace of life. The grace of life. It, the gra- Listen to him. The grace of life is the same thing mentioned in Romans 8, 2 for the law of the spirit of life. That's the spirit of grace. The spirit of grace is the Holy Spirit giving us the working the benefits of Christ's death in us and through us. So when we see here the, the grace of life, that, that's the spirit of life. The spirit of grace. You can't separate those things. They're not two or three different things. It's all the same thing. And we'll we'll prove it in scriptures. Because we husbands are together heirs of the grace of life. The spirit of grace. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he says that you are to be found in this place of knowledge, in this place of understanding, because if you're not, your prayers will be hindered. See, and see, this this is important that we know because James in chapter 5, verse 16 says, confess your faults one to another. That means when you faulted someone, that doesn't mean you get up in church and confess to everybody uh, your sins that you've been committing at home, uh, those personal things that are between you and God. You don't do that because when you do, as carnal as the church is today, not supposed to be, but as carnal as the church is today, they're going to go tell everybody in town what you stood up in church and told everybody that you've been doing. So my friends, you are to confess your faults one to another, those faults wherewith you have faulted one another. And pray one for another that you may be healed. Now this is talking about healed from, from, from a place that the faults have caused. Get that now. When there's fault between brothers in marriages, between husbands and wives, when there's faults between any Christians... There needs to be a healing there. Now, some of us are going to go through our entire lives and there's never going to be the healing that there needs to be because the fault is real. It's real. And and, and, and unless everybody's looking through the cross, not just saying they are, not just claiming they are, but when the heart looks to and through the cross, then the faults can be dealt with properly. Not when we try to word it in our intellectual and all these carnal ways. I said, when we look to and through the cross, that's the only way the faults are going by the wayside. They're not, they're not leaving. We might get together and say, okay, and ultimately it'll be we agreed to disagree, and everything, but, but, but the faults are still there. I'm sorry I acted ugly. Okay, I'm sorry I said this. Okay, I get it. But until we all come together, in one mind, which is what we'll get to in the next verse in, here in our third chapter of Peter, the fault has really not been dealt with. I've heard preachers recently say, someone I listened to back in the 90s, 
I found an old cassette and stuck it in, and, and he was talking about how foolish it is for us not to be able to get together with even with doctrinal uh, different, different doctrines. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's his way of saying you don't have, doctrine doesn't matter. Let's just get together and hear him. Because what he, he thinks, if doctrine don't matter, it's, it's, that's everything but his doctrine, his twist on the word. Doctrine does matter, my friend. But watch James again. Watch this now. And the point we're reading, the reason we're reading James 5.16 is because Peter, who is a righteous man, is writing to us, letting us know that even though you are righteous in Christ Jesus, if you don't treat your wife like you should be treating your wife, your prayers, even though you're righteous, can be hindered. But look at what James says. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And we just automatically think, well, I'm righteous in Christ Jesus. My prayers ought to be availing much. And that's, that's true. That's a fact. But here we find out that if I'm not living like I should be living, even as a righteous man, my prayers can be hindered. This is why another reason comes to the surface that you always have to talk about Jesus as the lamb and what he did at Calvary. If you're not bringing that into your message, People are going home all on a different page, looking at everything in their own different way. And the Holy Spirit, he don't, imp he don't impart truth except in one place, and that's the heart that's believing under righteousness. People who disagree with it, the, the, this statement, they can't bear any fruit in the Word to refute it. And let me say it again today because there's such a scream today that you don't have to bring the redemption plan of God into ever message. Not ever message. Ever message doesn't have to be about the lamb and what he did. The lamb and his being slain. Ever message. Ever message. Come on, preacher. We don't have to always bring the lamb up in ever message. See, that's what the cross is. It's not saying the word cross. Matter of fact, it's not saying any word. It's what your heart is believing in because where your treasury is, there your heart is. Jesus taught, Matthew 6, wherever your treasury is, there's where your heart is. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. I want the lamb to fill my heart. I want the lamb to be what is filling my heart. I want the lamb to be what is on my mind, on my lips. Because if he's not, the words written will only be me trying to impart it to men and the Holy Spirit is not going to be able to be involved. And if you disagree with that, you're a part of the greatest seduction that's taken place 
in all of the church right now. Right now. Behold the lamb or behold self. There ain't but two things to look at. The lamb or yourself. Hallelujah. Watch, let's read this again. Now this is important. Because things don't just automatically work for the Christian. All Christians have been made righteous in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He that knew no sin became our sin-bearing offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We are righteous in God's eyes. But if you'll remember Peter in Antioch, Galatians chapter 2, he was righteous. And I believe this is why the Lord used Peter to write these things. Because Peter is one who knows what it means to be righteous, but learned like we all, I hope we all are, that not everything we do is the fruit of who we are in Christ. And it's not if it's not that hidden inner man on display. If it's not him on display, and it can't be if the flesh, the lust of the flesh and our carnality is ruling. That's got to be denied. And Jesus said there's not but one, one answer for the denial of your flesh. And that's his cross. That's what he did at Calvary. So take up your cross, that cross, so you'll be able to deny self. And my friends, when you start doing that, you're going to want to talk about the lamb in all your conversations. You're going to want to talk about your husband in all your conversations. <laughs> Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory be to God. The church, this is a move of God. Folks running all over looking for revival while they reject the one true offering to be revived, which is the preaching of the cross, the acceptance of the Lamb, and a greater and greater focus and conversation of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Watch this now. James 5.16, James writes, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. <clears throat> that you may be healed. This is not talking about physical healing. This is talking about healed from what your faults has caused. And I guess that could be physical healing because the Bible says that many are weak, sick, and even dying prematurely because we're not discerning the Lord's body. That's what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth as well. So our faults one to another is because we're not discerning the Lord's body and the Bible plainly teaches that that in and of itself brings about weakness, sickness, and sometimes even premature death. Think about it. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I wanted to show you that because we quote that scripture all the time. And it's truth. And we are righteous, the righteousness of God in Christ. That's truth. But if I'm not treating my wife right, which is another truth that my feet must be in to experience the other truths, oh, I need to say that again. Oh, because the church thinks, it's, it, 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 even though I'm not getting this, this right, at least I, no, 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 my friend. No, no. If we don't do what we should be doing 
If we don't have the knowledge and the understanding that we need about our union with Christ in his death, the only place that I can deny myself and treat my wife right, the only place that a wife can submit to God and resist the devil and allow that hidden man of the heart to be expressed. If I don't know the way of the cross, we all going to go home after the service and be trying to do it according to the flesh, our own way. And that's why it don't work. And when it seems to be working for a little season, and then, wow, I thought things were working out, and they have got, man, they, they're divorced. They're, man, it got ugly, but it looked like it was going good for a season because the carnal flesh is the most deceitful thing you'll ever know other than the devil himself. The heart, the heart is deceitfully wicked above even the devil. The heart is desperately wicked above all things. And who can know it? We don't even know our own hearts, but we can know Jesus. Through faith in what he did at Calvary, we can experience him building our marriages just as he's building his church who is his bride. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So I wanted to bring that out today because, and again, you take notes, you go back and read Galatians 2, you'll see Peter, a righteous child of God, but who's not bearing the righteous fruits of the child of God. And he had to be corrected. Paul didn't stand up and say, you are unrighteous. Paul didn't say that. He said, I saw that they were not walking uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. And see where your faith has to be. And it's not all the time. If you're honest, you'll admit it. And he had to remind him not that he needed to be full of the Holy Ghost again. So that's where our Pentecostal brothers and sisters, which we be, that's where they err. Error. Focusing on the Holy Ghost and focusing on Pentecost, that is not the focus, my friend. The Lamb slain is the focus. Look up into heaven through your Bible and you'll see what the focus of heaven is. Unless we know that, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. We'll just have a show. We'll, we'll come to church and we'll have this show. While we're saying, well, nobody's perfect. nobody has a perfect marriage. We understand all those factual statements. We'll come to church. We'll put on a good show, smiley face, and just say all the right things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank yeah, Jesus. Oh, we, oh, it looks so good. And so we, man, we not pulled out of the parking lot yet. And we're to shut up. I, mean, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I, I, watch, I watch folk treat. I, through all the years I've been a pastor, I've watched men and women, wives and husbands, treat each other in the church. In a way that makes me say, my Lord, what are they doing at home if they're doing that here in front of everybody else? Think about it. 
Just the point here is the object of this lesson so far today is this. Just because I'm a righteous child of God in Christ Jesus doesn't mean that my fruit is always going to be that. But every time it's not that, it's because I'm not trusting in what created me in Christ, in righteousness and true holiness. Think about it. Watch now. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. What knowledge? Hey, but what knowledge going to allow you to dwell with your wife in understanding? In understanding. Think about this, and I hope you get ready to write this down. The prophet Jeremiah spoke these words of God to Israel and said, You tell my people, this is God speaking through Jeremiah, that their boast better be in that they know me and understand me. Understand me. They better know me and they better understand me and that better be their boast. Paul comes along in the New Covenant and writes the same thing except in a more specific way which brings about the avenue the exclusive avenue that that can take place, that our boast can be in, that we know God and that we understand God. Paul wrote it this way in Galatians 6.14. God forbid. That's not just some personal thought. Uh, that's the Spirit of God bringing him to that place and having him write that so that you and I could experience that place. Not experience Paul, but experience that place of determination. Single-eyed focus. Boast. God forbid that we boast in anything other than Christ and him crucified. Wherewith we've been by which we've been crucified to the world and the world unto us. Think about it now. This is where God reveals, you don't, you don't know me outside of this avenue. Nobody knows God outside of, and I'm talking about in the way that you have to know him, so at the end of your story, he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in to the joy of the Lord. The devil knows God. Get that now. But he don't know him like God wants people to know him. Understand this now. Nobody knows God or understands God. The word of God is God. John 1, 1 and 2. Nobody understands God. Nobody knows God outside of their, ex their faith exclusively in Christ crucified for them. And them being crucified with him. But you to understand that. So our prayers can be hindered if we're not honoring our wives. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. That, that's not just any old knowledge. That's the knowledge of God that brings life. 
See, every marriage needs the life of God, the life of Christ in that marriage. Or it's just carnal and flesh. That's all it is. Every marriage that has a lost man and a lost woman in it, they might love each other, but it's all carnal and all fleshly. And even that can have a, a good appearance to men, but not to God. Not to God. The only thing that's good in God's eyes is his son. And his son doesn't dwell in lost people. His son dwells in the hearts of believing people. Believing in the knowledge of God, which is the son of the living God and what he did on Calvary's tree. This is eternal life, John 17, 3, that they know, have the knowledge of. Think about it. Let's look over there at that this morning. Let's look over there. John, just so we can see it with our eyes while we're talking about this. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. That they might know you. This is Jesus speaking. That they might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's Jesus talking about his Father and who he is. Let me read it again. This is eternal life, that they might know. That means that they might have the knowledge of you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So think about this. We're being told here as husbands to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. That means in understanding. Remember, not understanding just floating around everything. God says, if you're going to boast, you better be boasting in me, that you know me and understand me. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. That means according to the word of God, out of his mouth, the word of God, comes knowledge and understanding. And we're told here, to dwell with them according to knowledge, which really means here in understanding because you can't separate it. If you are walking in the knowledge of God, it's because you understand God. But you don't understand Him unless your faith is in the sacrifice. You don't understand Him. You might read the Word and go out and look like you're doing the Word, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Holy Spirit is working in you and through you to walk in the Word with the fruit will be there if it's the Holy Spirit. So, you husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, in understanding, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel. Bible here is not telling us to honor our wives as equal vessels. The Bible here tells us she's the weaker vessel. And, and this is talking about according to the flesh. She's in the marriage... She's the weaker vessel. This is the vessel. The body's the vessel. Only the vessel. But, watch now, and as being heirs together, heirs together of the grace of life so that your prayers won't be hindered. So the main object, again, the objective to walk away with the impartation of truth today is to walk away with the reality of my prayers as a husband 
can be hindered, my prayer as a Christian can be hindered. If I'm not treating my wife as an heir of grace of life together, she is a weaker vessel. Vessel, weaker vessel. Now, women, most, a lot, not about most, uh, not most, but a lot of women don't even like that today. You can get in trouble in our nation for even saying things like that, which is the word of God. Women are the weaker vessel. I'm, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it so much when Jesus comes to reign for a thousand years. All this stuff that's going on today, it's not going to be tolerated. People don't understand that. When we, when, when, when after the rapture, after the tribulation, and Jesus comes back and we come back with him, all the saints in glory to rule with him as kings and priests on this earth for 1,000 years. <coughs> all this stuff that's going on now, it's not going to be happening. It's not going to be happening. People don't understand that the 1,000 years when we reign with Christ, it's not going to be people getting away with everything they're getting away with now. It's, there's not going to be that way. <coughs> Jesus is going to be the one head, the one ruler, the one president, the one king, the one Lord over everything. He's not going to have a cabinet that he is to discuss anything with. He's not going to call the world leaders together and see what we might get done. He is going to issue commands from his throne in Jerusalem for 1,000 years and you and I as Christians, men and women, are going to be ambassadors out all over the world carrying out his commandments in his way of righteousness. And it's not going to be any other alternatives. That's just the way it's going to be. And when it's refuted, when it's rejected, then he's going to even, the Bible teaches, he's going to even cause it the weather, the weather patterns to be different for those who rebel than he does for those who serve him. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to it. I know, I know most of the world, almost all of the world, get this now, and I can prove it in the scripture, almost all the world's going to hate Christ during his. 1,000-year reign. Imagine no tornadoes, no hurricanes, no evil storms. The devil's not even around. He's put away in the bottomless pit. He, he, he won't even be able to be blamed. and People still be trying like they are now. And, and I mean, you be, people be able to eat off of leaves off a tree and be made well. I mean, no wars, no weapons of war anywhere. Tomatoes that big, grapes that big. I mean, for, unbelievable. It's going to be so beautiful. But almost, listen now, almost all the world is going to hate Christ. How do I know this? Because the Bible says as when Satan is allowed to, He's, when he's released out of that bottomless pit for a season, that as many people as there are not sand on the seashore, but sand in the ocean, in the seas, are going to follow him again and go after the destruction of Christ and Christ's people. That's how I know a thousand year reign, we're going to love it and there will be people saved during it and come to Christ. Lots, I'm, I'm thinking millions. But for the most part, 
if when Satan is released from that pit and the number of people that rise up and follow him are as the sea, the sand in the sea. That's huge. Which means even without the devil, they still not going to like it. So let's get back to the lesson today. That was a nice rabbit trail. We have to treat our wives as heirs together of the grace of life so that our prayers be not hindered. And again, when you bump this, what Peter's writing up against what happened to Peter in Antioch, you read about it in Galatians 2, Peter knew very well, more than anybody else, him and Paul, probably more people, but him and Paul knew very well, just because we're righteous doesn't mean that we're functioning with the fruit of righteousness. There are requirements in the Christian life. There are instructions that if we push aside, if we push aside, listen, if we beat our chest and say, have mercy on me, but we still don't obey the word, we're just going to be beating on our chest saying have mercy on us our whole life. And then we can go and get divert, divorced while we're saying have mercy on me if I don't know how. Listen, if I don't know how, I can beat on my chest for 40 years in a miserable, horrible marriage, beating on my, have mercy on me, God. You know I'm not doing right. Have mercy on my God, on me, God. You know I'm not doing right. 40 years, and then end up in divorce and wonder how God could let this happen. And it's because I never knew how all this works. Or I did, and I pushed it aside because I... I wanted to rule. And I wanted to be seen as the ruler. Not Christ. See, Christ won't be able to be seen as he should be seen in our lives. And that's the whole point of us being Christians, to express Christ. But I can't experience Christ farther than I'm experiencing Christ. So this lesson today is about really experiencing Christ so that we can experience our marriage in the way that it should be being experienced and our prayers won't be hindered. How about that? Isn't that precious? Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that precious? Isn't that beautiful? I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been blessed today. I hope the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace has deposited something in your heart today that's opened your eyes and that now he will have the leeway to walk you into more truth. Listen, that's what he wants to do. He wants to walk you. In. Now, he don't want you just sitting in a pew hearing the word for 40 years and agreeing with that's right. He wants your feet walking in. And that's exactly what happens when faith comes because faith is a verb, it's an action word. When faith comes, when I hear the word, faith comes. Faith comes by me hearing the word. And when I've truly heard the word and faith is mixed with it, my feet are found bearing the fruit of that word I've heard. See how simple that is? It's simply put, but the experience of it, my friend, is the fight, the good fight of faith.
So that means <clears throat> if you don't want your prayers hindered, sir, because you shouldn't want your prayers hindered, you should want to be, you should want God hearing you and functioning in your life or whoever you're praying for, their life. You should want God honoring your prayers. Here, we're seeing that God won't, because our prayers being hindered, is God not honoring what we're praying for? Because, listen, why would we even be praying for certain things if we're not walking in obedience to what God has shown us in the Word? Think about it. Our Lord in heaven does not want our prayers to be hindered, but He's letting us know here they can be. And it's based on here, here it's based on what we do with our wives. How we honor them, how we treat them, how we see them, how we view them in Christ Jesus, the place we are. Yes, weaker vessels, but not lower. Not lower, not higher. Yes, weaker vessels, vessels, but together heirs of the grace of life. God bless you. I love you. And I appreciate all of you who support this ministry. In such a crucial time it is for us to be here on the earth today as God's people. Time is short. There's a great rebellion taking place within the walls of the church. Most of it has a great appearance of godliness. But it's only a form without power. Without the focus of the lamb, the power is not there. It's superficial. It's, it's artificial. It's not real. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God, not the preaching of anything else. So therefore, those who believe that must have the lamb, the cross, the redemption plan of God tied to everything that they talk about, and I'm thankful to know that. I'm thankful that the church is awakening unto righteousness. Hallelujah. I'll see you Sunday morning. Don't forget again, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can donate. You can give an offering to the Lord there on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231-5950. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.